Welcome back to the Doggy Juice Pod, powered by Dimers.com. This is episode number 104, Wednesday, December 9th, 2020, and I hope all of you are doing well as we enter the home stretch of the craziest year of our lives. Only three weeks left. I hope all of you listeners out there are safe and you're healthy as we enter the holiday period here. It's an exciting time in the sports world, and specifically the sports betting world. We're not used to having a full slate of college football to go along with all the college hoops and the NFL this late into December. Uh, Usually we're seeing the start of bowl season around this time. We have a little college football breather before the holidays bring us ample helpings of college football bowl games and wall-to-wall college basketball action to accompany the NBA and, of course, the last few weeks of the NFL regular season. But this year's different, as we all know. I'm coming to you live once again from the wonderful state of Colorado. It's been a fun time. I've been out here for the last three episodes, actually. Uh, We got out here the weekend before Thanksgiving, so it's been almost three weeks. And if you want to hear why Colorado is one of the best states for legal regulated sports betting, then listen back to the first four to five minutes of last week's Doggy Juice Pod episode. It's definitely one of the hot spots out here in the Rocky Mountain State, and I encourage all of my listeners living in Colorado to take advantage and sign up for as many books as you can in order to have as many betting outs as you can. It's all about finding the best number, and Colorado bettors have a huge advantage over bettors in most other states, uh, except New Jersey, when it comes to line shopping and competitive pricing and taking advantage of that. Uh, And in terms of state-by-state legalization, North Carolina, Ohio, and Connecticut are states to watch right now, but I'll have more updates on those those states and future state-by-state legislation in upcoming episodes. One quick note, in the middle of last week's pod, I quoted the legendary Vegas oddsmaker Jimmy Vaccaro, like I always like to do as one of my main tenants here on the Doggy Juice Pod, and that is that Joe's bet teams and pros bet numbers. Only when I said it last week, I totally flipped it and said the opposite. So Tony Reality brought it up to me, brought brought it to my attention. So mistakes like that happen, people. I think I'm good for one or two of those slip-ups per episode for every single one. It's just the cost of doing business. Hopefully all of you listeners understood what I meant. I have a shorter episode for you all this week. I had to shuffle the guest schedule a bit too, but we do have some fun guests coming up, including one who I can't wait to bring on to recap 2020 and what the year has been like for the entire sports betting landscape here in the U.S. But I've got some traveling to do. The fiancé and I are heading down to Santa Fe, New Mexico, and then to the Grand Canyon in Arizona at the end of this week, and then we'll be in Vegas for a few days over the weekend and into next week. Lots happening in the Doggy Juice household. So in this episode of the pod, I'm going to keep it a bit shorter than we have the past several episodes. I'm going to dive into some college basketball, some college football, and then, of course, the NFL. We'll also hear from the Sage, a.k.a. Better Call Paul, to hear what plays he's on this weekend before I close out the pod with the official Doggy Juice podcast week 14 NFL plays. Let's jump right in, starting with college basketball. College Hoops is in full swing now. Lots of teams already have five games under their belts, despite so many games already being canceled due to COVID-19. The Big Ten dominated the ACC Big Ten Challenge, winning six of the seven matchups on Tuesday. My number three Iowa Hawkeyes beat North Carolina 93-80 to as three-and-a-half-point favorites. And number six, Illinois, beat number 10, Duke, 83-68 to on the road as three-and-a-half-point underdogs. I told my fiancé, who 
went to Illinois that it's pretty safe to say that it's going to be the only day of our lives where our two teams, Iowa and Illinois, beat North Carolina and Duke on the same day. And in fact, I heard last night on ESPN that it was the first time since 1989 that Duke and UNC had lost on the same day to non-conference opponents. It's pretty exciting stuff. So Iowa and Illinois fans unite for the dream day against the two ACC Blue Bloods. The Hawkeyes' offense looks like it's something to behold with Luca Garza and a host of shooters around him. But as I said on the college basketball season preview a couple weeks ago here, and as all of us know, the defense for the Hawkeyes is suspect. But they will be a force here this season. We're set to uh, see them play number one Gonzaga. Number one Gonzaga versus my number three Hawkeyes next Saturday morning, the 19th. The game's supposed to take place in Sioux Falls, South Dakota as part of the Dakota Showcase. It's supposed to be on CBS that morning. Let's hope that game actually happens. Uh, Gonzaga's still number one in my power ratings. They're the clear number one on Kempom as well. So that matchup can be a real doozy, especially with those two highly efficient offenses. Uh, two of the most highly efficient offenses in the nation in that game. But teams that are unbeaten against the spread as I record this on Wednesday afternoon, Toledo 5-0 against the spread. And then a, a few teams are at 4-0 against the spread. Army, Ebeline Christian, St. Louis, and Maryland, Baltimore County, all 4-0 against the spread so far this season. Teams that have yet to win a game against the spread, Duke 0-4 against the spread now after losing outright at home to Illinois on Tuesday night, like I said. Um, also Auburn, they're 0-4 against the spread. Uh, Kansas State, Northern Illinois, Montana, and Austin P. Kansas State, the very surprising 81-68 loss to Division II side Fort Hayes State, the Fort Hayes State Tigers on Tuesday night. Friend of the pod, Joe Rogers, says that it's Time to buy low on the Wildcats. Uh, I would imagine this is a, a buy low. There ever is a buy low on a team after losing to uh, Fort Hayes. That's H-A-Y-S if you need to Google it, Division II side. And this would be the time to buy low on them, I guess, on, on Kansas State. Uh, but big teams have been struggling so far this year. The Blue Bloods, like really specifically, like the the Dukes that I just mentioned of the world, the UNCs, have taken some time to gel early on. And the teams that have come out hot out of the gate early on are those strong, veteran-laden teams that bring a lot of their players back from last year. So, you know, teams like Iowa, Baylor, Gonzaga, as opposed to, you know, a Duke, a UNC, a Kentucky. Um, it makes sense, especially in a COVID year where teams didn't have as much time to practice. So especially early on, you're seeing teams that haven't had time to practice at all in their first game get walloped against the spread. That's a, that's a trend we've been seeing early on. So COVID obviously is impacting teams' preparation for the season. So teams that have more continuity from last season are able to to um, enter the gates here at the start of this season more effectively than teams that are bringing in a lot of new players. So especially those teams with a lot of um, blue chippers or five-star, four-star talent like the Dukes and the Kentuckys, um, but it's taken them time, obviously, to uh, to assimilate together. And we're seeing that reflected in the results so far. So uh, top teams to the over so far this season in college hoops, St. John's and Oakland, both 5-1 and one to the over. My Iowa Hawkeyes, St. Louis, George Washington, Ball State, and South Florida, are, they're all at 4-0 and oh to the over so far, so haven't cashed in under if you're betting Iowa games. Um, top teams to the under so far this season, BYU, 5-0 and oh to the under so far. Memphis and North Carolina A&T, both 5-1 and one to the under. Kentucky, North Dakota State, and Troy are 4-0 to the under so far. So that's something to keep in mind. 
And this is the time of year where we see some early overreactions by the marketplace on some of these totals and sides. So it's a good opportunity to look at playing on teams that have underperformed for whatever reason so far this year, maybe an early season injury or a player coming back. So maybe a a team without a few key players early on. And a perfect example of this is a team like Purdue that's getting some players back healthy now. But it's also important to be careful and pick our spots, of course. And with flourishing legal sports betting here in the U.S., now the opportunity to line shop for the best price is better than it's ever been. And in college hoops, getting the best of the number is even more of a big deal than you probably believe. It's, it's, I have one piece of advice for you. It's commandment number three of the Doggy Juice Pod, Sports Betting Ten Commandments. Uh, listen back to episodes one and 50 from this podcast that really delve into those. But that one commandment, commandment number three, is that one shall have multiple outs. And getting the best numbers, the key to winning long-term, the one thing you can put into your daily practice right away, starting right now. That won't take you any more time than simply signing up with as many books as you can, and that's having multiple outs. Uh, There's no excuse not to get the best of the number if it's available to you and the best number available. Uh, COVID continues to be a huge issue, though, in college hoops, of course. Lots of cancellations already, and we should all expect it to get worse. I know uh, Jay Billis was very bearish about the season on the air Tuesday night, uh, Uh, calling the games, but we're going to get a tournament at the end. I think that's safe to say it won't look the same uh, as tournaments we've seen in the past. Obviously, we didn't even have a tournament here in 2020. It was taken away from us at the very last minute in the most depressing possible fashion, especially for those of us who spent countless hours preparing for conference tournaments and doing a podcast about it. But uh, we're going to get a tournament this year. It's not going to look like it did in the past, but we're going to get one for sure. There's just too much money uh, to not play. So too much money involved, too much potential money involved. So, um, but yeah, that's it's just we're gonna have to all just adjust on the fly, adjust our sales. That's the name of the game this year during these times, and it's gonna there's gonna be a lot more opportunities in the marketplace too. Obviously, with COVID, and we've seen that play out with college football. We've seen that play out with college basketball so far too. So, all right, let's move on to the gridirons, starting with college football. I can feel it all the way down in my plums, getting all swollen. We have a new consensus Heisman Trophy favorite, Mac Jones, the Alabama quarterback, the odds-on favorite now, at a number of books at around, seeing minus 135 up to minus 170 odds to win the award, depending on where you shop, of course. Uh, Even more impressive considering uh, that he's doing this without stud wide receiver Jalen Waddell. But it's a two-horse race between the two SEC quarterbacks, Florida quarterback Kyle Trask, He's at plus 110, at least last time I saw him. Uh, But these two teams are set to play one another in the SEC title game next weekend, Alabama and Florida, which also looks like it's going to serve as not only the SEC title game, but also the decider on who wins the Heisman this season. And Bama will be favored in the neighborhood of two touchdowns in that game for what it's worth. So something to keep in mind, though, with those, especially like if you could find a market where they actually keep the Heisman Trophy odds up during that game, then... And, you know, the Alabama jumps off to a big lead, and those touchdowns are because of uh, of the work of Mac Jones. You might be able to find a betting opportunity right then and there during that game, so be on the lookout. But I think Mac Jones is in line now uh, with Alabama, who's looking stronger and stronger in terms of historically good uh, week by week. I think this Alabama team is approaching last year's LSU team uh, in terms of power rating. And, and I know myself and a lot of others didn't have a college football team ever 
power rated as high as LSU was at the end of last year. But uh, something to pay attention to, obviously. And COVID-19 continues to impact the college football landscape as it always does. Michigan and Ohio State was canceled due to COVID on Tuesday this week. Ohio State was laying 29 against the Wolverines in that one before it was pulled away. It's a point spread that we're not used to seeing in this matchup. Uh, But an interesting situation in the Big Ten right now, obviously, because you better believe the Big Ten wants a piece of that college football playoff money. But the way it stands, the Buckeyes can't qualify for the Big Ten title game based on the agreed-upon rules before the season started. The Buckeyes haven't played enough games now, obviously, so they wouldn't qualify for the Big Ten title game. So if things stay the same, then we're in line to see Northwestern, who's already locked up the West, and Indiana playing the Big Ten title game. But money talks, ladies and gents. And as I'm recording this right now, I know the Big Ten brass is meeting on this, and there's already sources reporting right now as they record this that the six-game rule looks like it's going to indeed be changed to benefit Ohio State. Surprise, surprise. I would be really pissed if I had a Northwestern and Indiana futures bet in the Big Ten, but we all knew signing up for this, you know, the start of the year that we were signing up for some wacky stuff this season. Um, and I've already seen a few of those bets on Twitter, people holding long shot odds, uh, tickets on Indiana or Northwestern to win the Big Ten. So it sucks if they end up changing it, but as I'm recording this right now, there's nothing official on that, but it looks like it's going to be, obviously they want to do whatever they can to get Ohio State in. And let's be clear, Ohio State, when it comes to power ratings, in, in college football this year, it's really three teams and then a big drop-off before number four. And, and obviously that's Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State before you have a, a big drop-off. Uh, and then you get to you know the Florida, Georgia, Notre Dame, those teams. Uh, in terms of games this weekend, Coastal Carolina is laying 13.5 at Troy in the ultimate letdown spot after beating BYU last weekend in that last-minute uh, scheduled game. But 13.5... You know, seems to be factoring this angle in already, though, but I'm in no way going to lay it with Coastal in this spot. Uh, same with Rice after shutting out Marshall as multi-touchdown underdogs last weekend, one of the biggest upsets of the college football season, actually. Uh, but Rice squares off against a UAB team that hasn't uh, played a game since Halloween, and UAB is a seven-point favorite in that one currently as I record this. Army versus Navy is this week, and the spread and total have moved on that game since the Circa openers um, last weekend. You could have had Army minus 5 and under 42.5. I agree with both of those moves now. Now the total's at 38. Army's laying a touchdown. If you're looking to play the game, I would put some pizza money on Army laying the touchdown. It's not a value play, not a plus EV play uh, long-term on my stuff, but if you must, Army is the far better team, so I would lay it with Army if you had to, but... Obviously, in a small spread, small total, laying a touchdown, you're really not getting the best of it at all when you could have laid five or, or under a touchdown at least uh, earlier in the week. Purdue plus 11 and the money line plus 320 at Indiana was a play for me that I really liked and that I was going to give it on this podcast, but that game was officially canceled due to, due to COVID this afternoon. Uh, that was a classic letdown spot for the Hoosiers on top of some inflated line value, but alas... Uh, That ship has sailed away into the night like so many during this pandemic. And one of those ships uh, looks like it was Washington in the Big 12. Um, Washington paused team activities this afternoon due to COVID. That game against Oregon is now in jeopardy. And even if they do end up playing, I can't give out a pick like that with any certainty due to the impact that COVID can have on the team. So that's unfortunate as well. But let's move on to some plays that I'm on this weekend that haven't been canceled yet as I record this. Minnesota plus 11 
and money line plus 320 at Nebraska. The Gophers have been off since the weekend before Thanksgiving. They've had a lot of uh, COVID issues, but this line is inflated by my stuff. I think a lot of it is due to the COVID problems um, in Minnesota. And uh, also due to the fact that the Cornhuskers have covered uh, covered two straight, winning outright last week at Purdue. It's a simple numbers play. Call this one good at 10.5 or better, but the Canby books, namely DraftKings and Bet Rivers and Barstool, I know uh, they're hanging 11s right now as I'm recording this. And yes, sprinkle some money line plus 320 on the live dog here on the road. The Dimers bot over at the quick pick section of dimers.com agrees with this money line play. I'm seeing the plus 320 over at FanDuel. Play it right now, baby. Call me crazy, but I'm going to go back to the well with Tennessee this weekend. Only instead of taking the big points with the Vols, I'm laying them here. Last week we covered with our Dimers.com Doggy Juice Pod College Football Play of the Week, catching the plus 17.5, plus 18 with Tennessee. And we were very fortunate to cover that one in the end against Florida. They scored two late touchdowns. But uh, now this week, Tennessee is laying 15 at Vanderbilt. And these are two teams that are going in the exact opposite direction. The Vols uh, showed fight last week, obviously, at the end in that game against Florida. I expect them to carry that momentum into this one, into this in-state matchup against a Vandy team that has an interim coach, tons of players sitting out. So I think this line could even creep up, so lock down some of that position at uh, minus 15 with Tennessee. Georgia Southern, plus 10, hosting Appalachian State. Hit this one on the Canby books as well. DraftKings, uh, Bet Rivers, Barstool. Uh, they're at plus 10.5, minus 115 right now as I record this, the Canby books. But make sure you shop around, find a full 10 points if you don't have access to those books. It's widely available right now. I'm seeing a lot of 9.5s, though, starting to, to move. I agree with the move. Uh, but this is a numbers play. It's a spot where I have the game line just south of a touchdown. Georgia Southern won this matchup last year, so it's a revenge spot year over year for App State. But uh, a team's perceived extra motivation due to a revenge game from a year before isn't worth at all. What this line is reflecting is the difference between these two teams. So Georgia Southern plus 10 or better this Saturday afternoon. Only a half unit, but Arizona, Arizona State under 55 in-state matchup where the number is just a few ticks too high on my numbers. I'll be in the same state when they play it Friday night. I'll be in Arizona up at the Grand Canyon that night. Uh, Only a half position on this one, but the under 55, Arizona, Arizona State. Another half unit play, North Carolina catching three points against Miami, Florida this weekend. Increase the position if this line does move up to three and a half or four Um, scale in more, obviously, accordingly. Uh, But I actually have North Carolina power rated as the slightly better team on a neutral field, factoring in home field and travel here, and I make the line close to a pick'em. So it's a spot where I will scoop up plus three with either side. So UNC is plus three. So half a unit on the the Tar Heels this weekend against Miami. Be on the lookout for Virginia at Virginia Tech because that's a similar situation there. uh, in terms of that game compared to North Carolina, Miami, my power ratings wise for me, at least I know uh, it's not quite as pronounced, but these are close to equal teams. And if Virginia ticks up to plus three on the road against Virginia tech, they are worthy of a small addition to your Saturday portfolio. My Iowa Hawkeyes square off against Wisconsin this week. And the line on that game has been on either side of the fence on the money line. Uh, the totals dropped due to the weather forecast. And I was a part of that move. I got in at uh, 
under 44 and a half low vig the total is down to 41 and a half uh, right now as i record this and wisconsin is a small consensus favorite so no play for me at the current prices the spread and total are right around uh, where they should be in that one right now but that should be a great game and pay attention to that weather in iowa city because it's a spot where you have a wisconsin team that's just tremendous at stopping the run that's iowa's bread and butter so points could be tough to come by in that one and uh I never recommend teasers in college football for obvious reasons. I've been over this many times, but if there's ever a game where you had to tease. It's a low total like this, low 40s, and a team catching one and a half. You can find the Hawkeyes plus one and a half, tease them up to plus seven and a half. Problem is you can't really tease them with anything else in college football, so just stay away from teasers in college football. But if you had to do a teaser in college football, this would be one of those games. Um, in the Pac-12 USC is minus two and a half against UCLA. That one's intriguing to me, but right now, just an example of of line shopping and finding the best number. You could find plus three UCLA at low vig right now at the Canby books, and you could find USC laying two and a half at normal vig, minus 110 at other books right now, and that is a big deal if you can get a game just to land three. Um, Obviously, in a college game with higher totals, the value of each respective point is worth less, but it just shows you that it pays to shop. But I do lean USC in that one. I may end up getting involved on USC laying uh, under a field goal in that matchup. Um, and then it could be a look-ahead spot for Air, or, sorry, for Alabama this week, laying 32 at Arkansas with obviously the the uh, SEC title game on deck against Florida next weekend. I know nobody wants to get in front of the Bama train. I don't blame them, but if this line ticks up to 34 by kickoff, I might be forced to add a slice of it to my portfolio and, and at 35, an even bigger slice. All right, time to move on to the pros and the NFL. Hello! If you're still in a survivor pool and you had the Raiders last week, then Thank your lucky stars. We were very fortunate uh, with our official Doggy Juice Pod teaser of the week last week. Obviously, the Raiders winning on that last second play, the throw from Card to uh, to Ruggs for the touchdown, and obviously the Jets playing that god-awful dis- defensive scheme. Greg Williams canned as a result, but sometimes you have to admit it when you get lucky, and uh, that was a very fortunate situation. But you got to take the good luck whenever you can because we know how those gambling gods can be. You know what I mean? But the Giants, obviously, they they uh, stole the show this past weekend as well. 17-12 to road win over the Seahawks as 10.5-point dogs. That equals the biggest upset of the year in terms of closing line numbers. Giants, man, on a roll right now, that defense. Uh, the Steelers also, that's a big storyline. The Steelers finally lost a game on Monday afternoon against Washington football team. Uh, per ESPN Stats and Info, it's the second loss for the Steelers when leading by 14-plus points in any game since drafting Big Ben in 2004. Uh, They're 109-1-1 in that spot. And I also read a stat that the Steelers were 78-1-1 at home with a 14-point lead. It was the NFL's 38th double-digit comeback win of the year, adding to what is already a record through 13 weeks. 2020, people. Uh, dogs were seven and five against the spread, and unders were eight and four on Sunday alone. So it was a nice day for the sports books. The official Doggy Juice Pod preseason team of the year this year: the Cleveland Browns. Last year it was the Niners, and we know what happened there. But this year, the Cleveland Browns team of the year preseason compared to uh, market expectations. Browns have officially cashed their season win total over eight and a half, so we can enjoy that win already with a few weeks to spare. Obviously, they won 
uh, outright last week over the Titans and also cashed our plus six and our money line plus 215 tickets, the Browns, uh, in the process as last week's top NFL play on the pod, um, along with the Broncos. The best and worst NFL teams against the spread this season with four weeks remaining, the three-quarter poll. Um, the best are the Dolphins, 9-3 and three against the spread. And the Steelers, the Giants, and the Packers are all at 8-4 against the spread. And then we have a big pack at 7-5 and five against the spread. The worst teams against the spread, the Cowboys, 2-10 against the spread. Um, Texans, Jets, and Eagles are at 4-8. And then a big pack of teams at 5-7, and seven, including my hometown Chicago Bears. The best and worst over-under teams this season for over-teams, the Titans 9-2-1 to the over, the Raiders 8-3-1, along with the Bills and, or sorry, the Bills also 8-3-1 and the Vikings and the Lions 8-4 to the under, or to the over, I'm sorry. Um, And then under-teams this year, uh, the New York Giants 9-3 to the under and a big group of uh, 8-4 to the under. The Dolphins, the Rams, the Cardinals, Eagles, and the Patriots. Patrick Mahomes is a $4 favorite to win the MVP now. In other words, he's minus 400. You have to lay $40 to win $10 on him. Aaron Rodgers and his 36 touchdown passes to four interceptions is next at 5-1 to one odds. And he's really the only other one with a realistic uh, shot to win. Uh, according to the odds, I saw Kyle Allen's at around 15 to 1. Russell Wilson, the old favorite, he's around 20 to 1 after a rough uh, past few outings uh, for him and the Seahawks. No more bye weeks left this week. We've reached the home stretch of the season. There's four more games for each team. It looks like there's only five early games on the slate Sunday and six afternoon games, which is very refreshing by the NFL. We have a full slate of action, though, and perhaps the most appetizing teaser card of the season so far. That's saying something, because teasers have been incredible in 2020. But before we get to the official Doggy Juice Pod Week 14 NFL plays, let's hear who our pal The Sage is on this week. Hey, everybody. It's Sage, a.k.a. Better Call Paul. Hope everyone is having a great week. Got some early plays uh, that I've already placed early this week. Um... And we'll start uh, with a Thursday night football game with the under in the Patriots-Rams game. Um, 44 and a half. I, I am obviously, I have bet the under. I didn't go all the way in. I went about uh, a small play for this. I just feel that both teams, short week, um, both coming off big wins. Um, that they are going to be looking to just kind of get out of here like a survival mode. Um, they both got great defenses. Um, so looking at that and then uh, for the weekend play, it's going to stay in the NFL. Early play on the Bears and the Texans over 44 and a half. Uh, just looked, it is now at 45, still like it at 45. I wouldn't go much higher than that, but I feel both these teams pretty much out of the playoff picture. I know the Bears still have a little bit of hope. Um, basically, they have no hope, but uh, like both teams to put up some points, hopefully for maybe about a 23-24 finish. Uh, so I like the over at 44 and a half there. And then also early lean towards the over in the Falcons in the Chargers game. Chargers threw up a goose egg last week. Um, Falcons have played... Uh, two tough defenses, or I'm sorry, they've played the Saints twice in the last couple weeks. Um, 
But and then also the Raiders. But look for them to be able to put up some points against the Chargers and look for the Chargers to bounce back a little bit as well. So uh, that is 49 as of right now. Uh, I like it. I wouldn't stay under the 50 mark, but uh, anything under 50, I'm going to be playing uh, that all week. So uh, potential teasers. I have already looked at the Saints trying to get them under the three and then uh, possibility of the Steelers. Uh, it's currently at two and a half, pushing that all the way up to eight and a half on Monday night football against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, so best of luck to everyone. No college plays as of yet. So have a great week and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. All right. Thank you very much to the Sage, AKA better call Paul. That was sharp stuff. You can find him on Twitter at better underscore call Paul. Time to close out the pod with the official Doggy Juice Podcast NFL Week 14 plays. Coming off a nice week last week and our official Doggy Juice Pod teaser of the week one again, moving our record on that to 8-2 and two this season, a winning year no matter what. And the teaser card, like I just said a bit ago, is looking ripe for the pick in this week. More on that soon. I'm unfortunately not showing much value from a side perspective this week. Uh, where the Lions currently are as I record this on late Wednesday afternoon here in Denver. I did scoop up some Dolphins at uh, plus 7.5 normal VIG. Now that one's at 7, but that was more for the market position than anything else. Uh, The Steelers plus 3 is a play if it gets there and it's close. Sorry, plus 3, minus 110. I'm seeing BetMGM offer to minus 120 right now, so it's getting close. The Camby books are at minus 121 looks like. So I would play that number for smaller where it currently is. Actually, I have locked in a small bit, uh, but I'm waiting out to see if they move a bit further. Uh, the worry on the Steelers one is obviously they lost once and there's an, an angle that I like to follow in sports. And, and really it's, if you look, look at it over time, I don't have like any data to back this up on the spot here, but when, when teams end long streaks, whether it's a you know winning streak or a losing streak, a lot of times you see them also the same result happen that second game after the streak ends. So if this, you know, base this happens a lot in baseball where a team goes on a, a nine game winning streak and then they finally lose in that tenth game, you know, ending their nine game winning streak. They tend to it's, I, don't, I don't have any data to back this up, but they tend to lose that second game as well. And it could be a mental thing a lot of times where teams, you know, they they know about the streak, they keep winning, and then they have all that momentum, and they kind of ease up a bit after the streak finally ends, maybe once the bubble bursts, so to speak. And we could see that exact situation with the Steelers this week. Obviously, they've won 11 straight games before losing uh, against Washington football team, and they're on short rest now as well. Obviously, it's, it's their third game in 11 days. That's another angle to not play on the Steelers. Uh, that's brutal. We saw the effects of some of that potential fatigue at the end of that Washington game. And that Washington game was also a tough physical game with that Washington defense, which is not a good setup before playing an electric Bills offense. That sounds weird to say, but that's the exact situation this weekend for the Steelers. I think a lot of that is being reflected in this line that we're seeing right now, because in no way would the Bills lay close to a field goal against the Steelers in any situation, even just a week ago. So um, the value really is on the Steelers in this spot, but I think it's factoring in all that stuff I already talked about, especially the fatigue and the playing you know, a lot of games in a short period. But you have to remember the Bills are traveling back east too after playing out in Arizona again. 
And uh, plus three is just too much value on this one. So if it gets to minus 110, then I would definitely play the Steelers for a full unit. And right now, as it stands, maybe lock in a little bit of it right now with the higher VIG at plus three just to catch the full field goal. Make sure you catch the full field goal, though. Uh, But I would wait and hold off to see uh, if that that, uh, continues to move in the favor of the Steelers uh, in terms of laying, or sorry, taking the points with the Steelers. Another game that I'm paying close attention to and would be graded as a play at plus 3 minus 110, and I may end up playing it at plus 3 with a little extra vig, and that's the Chargers. Yes, I know, I know. They were blown out last week. That was their only major lopsided loss of the season, though. You have to remember that. They routinely stay in games. We know the drill with Anthony Lynn. You can't count on him to make the right decision at any time, but this team, this team still has the talent. Now they're taking on a Falcons squad that travels across the country after a tough loss to the Saints for the second time in three weeks. So catching a full field goal with the Chargers, I think, is a good look this week, but I wouldn't play it for a full position, just given the fact that this team could be quitting on Anthony Lynn. You really have to look and see you know, what the body language is for this team. But remember, this is a good team, um, and they are filled with a lot of talent, and these players are graded on every play. So it's not like college where these guys aren't professionals playing for money and contracts. These guys are professional football players being graded on every play, and the Chargers have a lot of talent. Catching a full field goal at home against the Falcons, I think, could be a nice value play this week, You know, especially since everyone remembers what they saw last, and what they saw last was the Chargers getting their ass beat. A lot of that, though, is due to special teams' Uh, plays by the Patriots too. So when you look at the actual box score, it wasn't as bad as the scoreboard indicated. So I think that's why we might be seeing some value on the Chargers this week. Other than that, there aren't uh, any standout sides for me this week on the card. But like I said, the teasers are a different story. And I also have a total that I really like that's still available out in the uh, marketplace right now as I record this. And that's the Eagles and the Saints under 45. I'm seeing uh, the market moving to a consensus 44.5 and even some 44s out there. But it was 45.5 at the start of the week. It's come down a bit. That line is it's moving out there. But at BetMGM, you can get 44.5 minus 105 and under 45.5 at minus 120. Those two prices aren't too far off from a value perspective when you consider the true value of each half point on a total in that zone, but I love this play at 45 or better for a few reasons. And if you have to get it at 44 and a half, then reduce your investment size a bit. Uh, but first of all, my numbers make it just a tick under 43. So I already lean that way anyway, but, uh, I'm not sure that my numbers are properly taking into effect the switch from Carson Wentz to Jalen Hurts for the Eagles. Not only do I think that the Eagles are going to make it a point to run the ball more in order to ease the assimilation process for Hurts as a starter, but I also think it's going to motivate the Eagles' defense to play a little bit harder for their quarterback and for their new quarterback and back him up. And on the other side of the ball, we have a Saints defense that's improving mightily uh, to close out the year and a quarterback in Taysom Hill that isn't necessarily prone to the big play. In fact, he finally got his first passing touchdowns of the season just last week. So here we have two run-first quarterbacks in Hill and Hurts, two defenses that should fight uh, fight it out in the trenches, a team in the Eagles that is a new quarterback that they're trying to protect, and the talking heads in Philly are calling for more run plays from that offense. So I think it's foreseeable we're going to see a higher percentage of run plays than than we're used to, and then odds makers are factoring into the line being offered. Uh, and then we have a team in the Saints that is second to last in pace, in seconds per play. But even looking at first half pace specifically, and that's a more predictive indicator of what we're going to see, both of these teams are in the bottom third of the league right now, numbers 21 and 22. So 
I think this is a strong play on the under. Call it good at 44.5 or better, but you can still find those 45s out there if you have bet MGM. Like I said, 44.5 minus 105, under 45.5 minus 120. Maybe split those tickets up, but great play this weekend. Eagles and Saints, under 45. And now closing out with the NFL Week 14 teasers. It's a teaser bonanza this week with a massive list of teams that fit our model. And just to clarify that again, our teaser model, two-team, six-point teaser in the NFL only, where you tease through the key numbers of three and seven on both legs of the teaser as long as you're not laying big of more than minus 120. And if you can find a book that's still offering minus 110 on those, cherish it. But that's our model, and there are tons of teams that fit that model this week. So I'm just going to run down the list here and let you know which ones that I'm including. I'm including most of them. And then, of course, we have our teaser of the week this week. But starting out with the Titans, you can tease them down from minus 7.5 down to minus 1.5 against the Jags. The Jags almost upset uh, Tennessee in week two. So you have to imagine with that and with the fact that the Titans just got the barn, their barn, <laughs> barn door blown off by the Browns. Um, our, as our top doggy juice pod play last week in the NFL, the Titans, they're not going to be overlooking their opponent this week, safe to say. So instead, uh, they may be looking to exercise some, some demons in that game. So we're essentially asking them to win the game outright by teasing them down to minus one and a half. I'd like that one. The Bears from plus one and a half up to plus seven and a half. And speaking of demons, the very guy that Ryan Pace and the Bears passed on, Deshaun Watson, for Mitch Trubisky could be the guy that puts Pace's final nail in the coffin this weekend. Um, but I do I do lean the Bears here. I think that they make a solid teaser leg this week. A lot of it's weather-related for me. Obviously, this, the uh, Texans-Southern Dome team coming up to play in the cold Chicago weather, that helps with the handicap a bit. So asking the Bears to keep that game within one score I think is a good option for a teaser leg this week. The Chiefs. You could have teased them from 7.5 down to 1.5, but like I said, I'm seeing minus 7s out there now. I was able to scoop up some of the Dolphins plus 7.5 myself, so minus 7 is the going rate out there. So you're technically better off just laying the 7 with Kansas City from a math perspective unless you think that there's good value on the Chiefs at minus 7 in order to tease them down, but in which case you should just be betting the minus 7 anyway, which is my point. But but yeah, so I'm not going to play that one. The Raiders, plus 2.5 up to plus 8.5, but similar to the Chiefs, I'm now seeing plus 3s starting to show on that one with the Raiders. Um, so just like the Chiefs, the spread the spread on the Chiefs, you're better off just scooping the 3 with the Raiders instead of teasing them, especially in a game that I am close to playing the over on uh, if it hits 51, or close to playing for a full position if it hits 51, but I already have scooped up a smaller position uh, on the over at 51.5 of that game, so worthy of adding to your portfolio too is some over in that one especially if that number just ticks down a little bit more i would like to see 51 show before i really put in a half unit or more than 50 for something even better but um and that could change too especially pay attention to the health of costanzo uh, the colts offensive lineman but um yeah the raiders you're better off just taking the three with them now especially with a total that i expect to be um closing and when the game is all said and done in the mid 50s the packers uh, minus seven and a half down to minus one and a half against the Lions. This is a pretty straightforward one. Packers just a lot better of a team, a lot of familiarity with the, the Lions, so you could tease them down to minus one and a half. Essentially ask Aaron Rodgers and company to win that game outright. The Chargers from plus two and a half up to plus eight and a half. Uh, although that one is getting close, like I said, Bet MGM has that at plus three minus one twenty on the Chargers, so you can maybe just play them. Um, 
straight up on the, on the spread as the weekend uh, approaches, but still, they do fit the classic model of the Chargers, and actually, they cashed every single week on the teaser, if you bet them on the teaser, up until this past week. So, something to keep in mind as well. The Saints are close. They're, you can get them from minus 7 down to minus 1 at Philly in that game, but uh, you know, especially can make sense in a game with lower scoring, which obviously I feel is going to be the case since I like that under 45 in that one. But you're better off probably just laying it with the Saints anyway instead of teasing them down to minus 1 just for math purposes. But the Saints are close to fitting that classic Stanford-Wong model. The Steelers, plus 2.5 to plus 8.5 at Buffalo. Same idea with the Chargers. Better off playing them at plus three flat if it gets there, but right now you can tease them up from plus two and a half to plus eight and a half and under 46 and a half right now in that game. So points will be, relatively speaking, compared to other NFL games this season, points will be tougher to come by. I actually lean under in that game as well uh, at 46 and a half. Might even get involved yet, but uh, but yeah, when points are tougher to come by, you could tease the Steelers up plus two and a half to plus eight and a half. Ask them to keep it a one-score game. The Steelers are the better team in that matchup, but obviously uh, we think that the intangibles are uh, reflecting the Buffalo minus two and a half line that we're seeing, but still Steelers teasing them up. I think that's a great option this week. And then finally, the Browns on Monday night football, plus one and a half to plus seven and a half. It's still there at FanDuel as I'm looking right now. I love this one. It's a revenge spot for the Browns from week one when they were, uh, when they, they got spanked. I think it was 38 to seven was the final score. I want to say without looking it up against the Ravens in week one. And I was on the Browns that week. That was a tough one, but, uh, Yes, the Browns, different teams obviously meeting this week. Browns at home, bringing a lot of momentum, asking them just to keep the game within one touchdown. I think that's a great option uh, for your portfolio, especially with the total in the mid-40s as well. So that was a lot coming at you, so I'll summarize the teaser legs. I recommend snagging and including in your portfolio this week. The Titans down to minus 1.5. The Bears up to plus 7.5. The Packers down to minus 1.5. The Chargers up to plus eight and a half, the Steelers up to plus eight and a half, and the Browns up to plus seven and a half. And I know all of these teaser legs I mentioned are at FanDuel available right now. I'm looking at them right now, so every single one I mentioned is gettable at FanDuel right now. And FanDuel does allow you to do two team six point teasers at, uh, at minus one twenty vig, which is our limit. Don't play anything higher than that on two team six point teasers. So get down on those while you can. Spread them out. Teasers have been an absolute godsend this year, and if you've been listening along and following all season here, you should have a lot of extra Christmas cash to spend this holiday season. Uh, And then for our official Doggy Juice Podcast teaser of the week this week for Week 14, let's call it the Steelers and the Browns, both up through the touchdown. The Steelers up to plus 8.5 and and the Browns up to plus 7.5. Um, Steelers against Buffalo, Browns against the Ravens, Ravens in the revenge spot. Uh, but both of those are available at FanDuel as I record this. We're 8-2 and two on those, the official Doggy Juice Pod teasers of the week this year. Let's get another win this week, baby. All right, that'll do it for this episode of the Doggy Juice Pod. As always, follow the pod on Twitter and Instagram at Doggy Juice. And if you haven't entered it yet, you could have been leaving $1,000 on the table every week for the past few weeks. Sign up for the Dimers NFL Sweet Six competition. It's free to play, so completely risk-free, and it takes 30 seconds to sign up and make your picks. All you have to do is answer six out of six questions correctly, and you win $1,000. And the questions aren't even hard. Like One of them is, who, who's going to win a game? And the other one is, who will be the first touchdown scorer in this game? So go six for six. 
and win a grand. It's that simple. Just go to freetoplay.dimers.com and sign up, answer those six questions correctly, and take home that $1,000. Only a few more episodes left of 2020. Uh, We've got so much going on. We can't forget that the NBA starts in two weeks as well. Remember, the bookies have to put up a line for everything. But us bettors, we get to pick and choose our spots. The more chaos, the more opportunities for us to find betting edges in the marketplace. Let's cash some tickets this weekend. Good luck with your action. And I will talk to you all next week from the West Coast. Doggy Juice out. (laughs) 